Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Anthony with the pump fake and one dribble inside to the long two, and he makes it. That's been his game his whole career, but look at him smiling. We go, my man. <laughs> Welcome, everyone, to another episode of The Long Two. I am Pete Rogers. He is Natty Wallach, and we are a Camelo Stanthony podcast that occasionally talks fantasy basketball. Natty, how are you doing this morning? Good morning to you, sir. Hope everything's going well. Hope everyone's healthy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, we're, we've just started coming to you on Mondays, and now we're coming to you Monday midday. We're recording the day the podcast is coming out. What a what a feat by us. Did you, I assume that you watched the uh, NBA All-Star game, did you not? Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. First of all, you were correct about the dunk contest. Cassius Stanley, by the way. Cassius Stanley got absolutely robbed. Let the record show that first dunk that he had in round one should have been the best dunk of round one. And then clearly the judges got in his head and he, uh, he wasn't able to capitalize in round two. That was some, some bullshit. If you ask me. And it was interesting to have, since everything was on the same day, you could like immediately see, Oh, all the stars are in the three point shooting contest, not right. in the dunk contest. So that was an interesting dichotomy right there. Everything went well though. Like Anthony Simons almost kissed the rim. That was, that was cool. That was super cool. It was, it was a lot of fun. Um, and I'm glad that it went off without a hitch. Yeah. There was a slight scare to start though with, you know, Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons no longer weren't able to play because their barber had, uh, had COVID-19, which I just feel like, I mean, we should learn from, don't get your haircut. Like the <laughs> NBA players, just, just don't get your haircut. Let's grow it out and let's see what you got, what, what we're rocking at the end of a season where no one gets their haircut, because clearly that seems to be the only way that uh, NBA players are at risk for COVID. But people miss the all-star game every year. So it's not like it was out of this world or really unexpected. Uh, It's sort of surprising that more guys, you know, didn't have to sit out because of tracing. Um, It was awesome that Mike Conley got to play. That's great. Even if it meant to kind of DeMar DeRozan really should have had that spot, but Mike Conley, good for you getting your first all-star. Hey man. He's been awesome. His team's been awesome. Oh yeah. Um, no doubt. Yeah. It's, it's great. Uh, it was, he looked like he was having the time of his life. Um, GM LeBron is really good. He's four and O in yeah. picking these teams. I mean, it helps when, when <laughs> T- team Durant doesn't have Kevin Durant and Joel Embiid yeah, for but, sure, but good for you, LeBron. And LeBron just like passing Steph Curry out near the oh. center of the court and him just draining. I like, it was just a fun game. It, I mean, it was a blowout, but uh, it was still a fun game. But the new format somehow makes you not 
realize how much of a blowout it is and the players somehow don't realize how much i don't like i we were talking about this before we hit record like i i'm a huge fan of this new format that they've done this is the second year that they've done this for the all-star game where it's like three individual games for the first three quarters and then add up the scores add 24 to it and then it's a no clock play to that play to that high score but yeah like lebron lebron's team won all three quarters but because it every time I started again at zero, it didn't feel like, Oh my God, LeBron's, you know, we're going into the fourth quarter. It's 147 to 120, you know, you were yeah. like, and then they show the score and you're like, Oh shit. Like it's a blowout, but I don't know. I, this, this new format has just made it much more. It has felt much more competitive than recent all-star games. And I absolutely loved it all being on one day. I don't know how much that is going to continue moving forward, but it just was such a, it felt, it felt far more like an easy viewing experience where it was, uh, you know, it was felt like the Super Bowl where it's like you sit down, there's your pregame show, the three point and skills contest, then the first half. Uh, and then at halftime, there's the dunk. Co- like it just was a very, I just sat down at like, you know, 6 p.m. and just had my whole evening on the couch watching five, six hours of basketball, which was great. It was a lot of fun. They did a great job. Um, the Elam ending makes the all-star game unique. So I feel like that's cool. You know, it's still basketball, but you get to see something different and, uh, it does seem like the players enjoy it. And I think that's key for competition and just, you know, fun of the overall experience if they're having a good time. So it was, I mean, it was fantastic. It sucked that we didn't get to see everybody we wanted to, but at the same time, Dame time, like Dame. Curry being amazing. It's Dame and Steph just like having a, a pissing contest to see who could shoot the deeper three was on the same team was awesome to watch. Yeah. And LeBron's just there like, I made the correct decision. LeBron's like, I play 12 minutes and I win. Well done me. That's LeBron's dream team is the, a team where he plays 12 minutes a game and uh, they're easily able to get the dubs. Since it is the All-Star break, we figured it's a great time. We're roughly, you know, the All-Star weekend break falls roughly halfway through the NBA season. And so it's roughly through the ha- halfway through the uh, fantasy basketball season. And so we thought it was a great opportunity to take a break from our usually scheduled podcast and to instead talk about uh, some players who you should be buying and selling in fantasy basketball guys who maybe you have on your roster who you should be trading at their highest value or players who maybe have been underperforming recently but there's hope for them to kind of return to a big fantasy role for the second half of the season and guys who you should be buying low on uh natty i'll start us off because i'm going to weave in some news here while while we're talking about this guy and so my first (laughs) buy is your boy Jeremy Grant for the Detroit Pistons. First of all, because, I mean, the Celtics have expressed some interest in your boy, which is getting me rather excited if that happens. But more so, Blake Griffin, obviously, was on the bench for Detroit, got released, and then signed with the Brooklyn Nets. So he's now in Brooklyn. Um, 
but this is just Jeremy Grant is officially the Detroit Pistons. If there was any doubt is now Jeremy Grant's team for as long as that lasts. Uh, he's missed three of the last five games for the Pistons heading into the all-star break. And in those last two weeks, he played four games, 23 points, shooting 41% from the field, 25% from three with only half a stock per game. Now those numbers are what, you know, greatly reduced from what he's been averaging on the season. His points have still stayed the same. Uh, he's, you know, on the season, he's averaging 24 points per game, but shooting 43% from the field, 36 from three with almost two stocks per game. So that defense is something that has been missing recently. And he just hasn't, he's been missing a couple of games going into the all-star break, which is an easy way for people to kind of, uh, you know, forget about exactly the impact that Jeremy Grant can have on your team. Presumably he's going to be healthy after the all-star break. He's going to return to, you know, 25 point score, six plus boards while getting you defensive counting stats on the year. He's 27th in ESPN's player rater. Mm -hmm. So like he is a top 30 guy whose value is likely at the lowest it's ever going to be this season. Um, unless, you know, God forbid he gets injured again, but this is an opportunity where I think you can buy him for cheaper than what his value would be. And, uh, and you certainly should be doing that. If you can get him, you should get him. He's young. He's amazing if he stays in detroit as you said it's his team he'll get all the counting stats that he wants and if he moves to another team like you can't really see him being too much of a third fiddle i think it would be a one and then like two a two b sort of thing like if he goes to the celtics it's not like he'll have a greatly diminished role he's going to go to a team that needs him so Um, I think maybe his has... scoring diminishes, but he certainly would like his defense is still always going to give you production. His rebounds uh, will maybe inflate on a better team. And certainly his assists will inflate too. And we've seen him play with good players before. So, um, you know, there might be a learning curve, but I think he has a lot of volume in his future, no matter what. I think he's a fairly safe player to roster. So if you can get him, absolutely get him. Yeah. Who's a guy uh, you think people should be buying? Well, we've been saying it for a while, but, uh, you know, TJ McConnell is still being absolutely amazing for the Pacers. Karis LeVert might be coming back, but I would assume they would bring him back slowly, Indiana, um, since he's recovering from treatment for cancer. TJ McConnell is 57% rostered. That's probably at least 10 points too low. I think on Wednesday against Cleveland, uh, he had a triple double with steals, 16 points, 13 dimes, 10 steals, four rebounds and a block. He's six, one, by the way, he had nine steals in the first half. He was perfect from the floor. He went eight for eight. Um, there's reason to believe that the Pacers need all the help they can get because they're four and six over their last 10 games. And they're now in the 10th seed in the East. I could see TJ McConnell sort of being a trade ship. Actually, if the Pacers are like, we're not going to push Karis. We've had some injuries elsewhere. You know, we don't have TJ Warren. Maybe we should try to flip some folks and see what we can do. TJ McConnell, like if he somehow got back to Philadelphia with his best friend, Joel Embiid, but he's just a great dude off your bench. Um, If you can get him at a reduced price, he gets you those dimes. He's really efficient. He gets you steals. 
there's no reason to think that volume won't follow with his minutes. So if he keeps getting minutes on a team that needs guard play on Indiana or on another team that could use a good backup point guard or hell, even a starting guard, uh, I think he's pretty safe going forward. So like he's shown his value. So just like Jeremy Grant, but to a lesser degree, I feel like he's fairly safe with volume going forward. Yeah, he's an interesting guy because I I was contemplating I have I mean we've long preached TJ McConnell on this podcast just because of the fact that it's not only does he give you points and assists, but god damn it, the steals are just out of this world. And obviously that was highlighted by the triple double with steals uh that he put a couple games ago. But I was unsure as to whether or not I think he's a, I think right now, if you can get him off waivers, you should hundred percent do that, ride that wave. And he could then be a, a trade chip in fantasy basketball sure. because you say that you say, you know, you talk about how with minutes, the, the numbers will stay the same, which I, which I totally agree. I'm just a little nervous about Karis Levert returning. And actually I will segue this into my second buy, which is I have two guys both with a similar thought process, but we'll start with talking about Karis LeVert. Karis LeVert is coming back. Like you said, they probably will have him on a, on a, you know, minutes count. They'll probably I mean, bring Jesus, him back. I hope so. Come I on, hope so too. <laughs> I mean, the guy is, yes, <laughs> did have a, a, you know, what a tumor or lump removed from his, uh, yeah, let's kidney. not so have like, him play 36 minutes in his first game back. Let's... <laughs> That's fair. That is fair. Um, if you can do, if you can hold it, like I went and added him in one of my leagues. Uh, sure. With the Nets this season in the 12 games that he played for with the Nets, averaged 18 points, 4.3 rebounds, six, six assists, and 1.6 stocks. Like we know that he can be an offensive force who can get you stats kind of all over the place. And presumably, I mean, they might, they will probably bring him back slowly, but if he ever can get to full game speed with this team, like you said, Natty, the Pacers, like they need a spark to, to re-enter the, the Eastern conference playoff conversation and Karis LeVert could be that guy. So TJ McConnell, I think is a, is a great guy to go roster right now. And then, and think about him as a potential move, like maybe think about moving him, a week early, you know, like maybe you could get a month fully out of TJ McConnell, but maybe you get like two weeks out of him and then try to try to sell him at his highest value. Uh, But obviously coming out of the all-star break with Karis LeVert coming back slowly, presumably we would hope that the the Pacers are, you know, really conscious about LeVert. Uh, McConnell has proven that he can get you double digit assists without problem. Even double digit steals. Uh, and so that makes him obviously a huge fantasy commodity. Who uh was the other guy in the thought process that you were thinking? so the other guy is uh a, a guy who I have I have him on what on my dynasty keeper league, and I have been holding on to him despite the fact that he has been injured. Uh, and that's Christian Wood for the Rockets. Sure. Both both are expected. I mean, Christian Wood is expected to come back from the all-star break and Again, it's just one of these things like this is the there's so many players in fantasy basketball. There's so much information in basketball going on. You know, you're you're constantly having to set your lineups and you're constantly having to make moves and you're you're constantly thinking about other players to add and where you can get value and all this kind of stuff. It's easy to to like just have a player just kind of forget about how dominant a player was, especially if they've been gone for a while. And Christian Wood 
on the season, he's averaging 22 points, 10.2 rebounds, mm-hmm. and 2.4 stocks. Like the man yeah. was having an all-star season before he got totally. injured and certainly would have been an all, I think would have been an all-star player if he had, you know, played all the way up and through the all-star break. So like, I think if you can go get him from, you know, you're obviously going to have to give value. None of these players who I'm talking about in terms of trades are like guys who you're going to be able to get for free. Uh, but they're players who like, I think you could give us a, a reliable starting big man or a reliable starting player for someone like Christian Wood. And then Christian Wood turns around and gives you, you know, top 20 production for the second half, or even maybe top 10 production for the second half of the season and takes your team from, you know, fringe playoff to a real contender in your fantasy league because of the fact that this man was absolutely dominant for the Rockets. I think he's going to also make this team, make this Rockets team so much more uh, exciting and enjoyable when he comes back. He brings so much on the defensive end. And uh, I just think that that this is, now is the time to get this guy, especially if you're in um, time to, now, now is the time to get this guy and, uh, and capitalize on maybe the, the, the cooling of the Jets in terms of people's hype for him. And Houston is going to be a fascinating team in the second half. You know, what's up with Depot? Uh, maybe a rested John Wall. Will they trade PJ Tucker? Eric Gordon maybe getting healthy. Um, speaking of people you want to keep your eye on on waivers, where does Boogie Cousins land? He's no longer with Houston. Um, there's a lot of moving parts on the Rockets, but one of them that you can be pretty sure of is Christian Wood. And I think just like with Jeremy Grant, it's going to be Wood's team in Houston. Oladipo turned down uh, an extension from the team. So he's as safe as anybody if he can remain healthy. Um, and he was dynamite before he got hurt. So yeah, that's yeah. a, and he's young. Like there's, there's no reason to hate on him at all. He's great. Do you think, do you think that there's a world in which Victor Oladipo gets moved yet again? Speaking yeah, sure. Of the fact that he turned down a contract. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, Miami, the Knicks, um, even Boston, maybe there's every team in the league will believe in Victor Oladipo for the right price. Sure. So there's, if Houston isn't going to be able to resign him, then there's no reason for them to keep him. So they should flip him. Did you hear a collective gasp since you live in Brooklyn? Did you hear a collective gasp of Knicks, Knicks fans when Avi Toppin dunked over face of the franchise, Julius Randall in a, in a dunk that was, could have injured the Knicks' star player. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> the Knicks, uh, it's so, it was, it's so Knicksy. like, happy to be here. And look, we have an all-star and we're at 500 and we're, <laughs> and we're not gonna a complete dunk dumpster over fire him. and let's just hurt each other. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> um, thank God everything's okay. And yeah. the Knicks are another team with a lot of moving parts. Like, you know, Depot in, in those whites would look pretty good. He would, he would look pretty, pretty swell. Um, all right. Who's another guy that you're buying? I am going to stay in Texas and talk Ooh. about Jalen Brunson, who is 29% rostered. He's been a top two 100 player over the past two weeks. He's number 115 on the player Raider on the year. 
of everyone who is averaging eight or more field goal attempts per game, Brunson has the 13th best true shooting percentage, 64.6, which is tied with Joel Embiid and Steph Curry. Okay, that's for the year. Uh, Over the past month, Jalen Brunson is fifth in minutes per game on Dallas and fifth in shots per game. I feel like he's part of the reason why Dallas is playing better, and I think they need him. And I think that while they play him, you should roster him. That true shooting percentage is no bullshit. So if you need good guard play, he's a very cheap option to go pick up for as long as it lasts, which might be the whole rest of the year. Yeah, especially since the Mavericks, I feel like are like these players, and and this is harkening back to TJ McConnell as well, teams where they have maybe one or two clear studs, right? Uh, And for the Mavericks, it's Luca and Chris Stapps are trying to figure out what Chris Stapps is, but Luca. Uh, I feel like those teams, when someone emerges as that could be a compliment player there's that i feel like that's a perfect situation for that player to then see more and reliable minutes like i think i think back to the raptors with fred van fleet sure where like fred van fleet emerged as this six man as this guy off the bench and the raptors were like oh we are looking for this compliment piece now that we're you know the past uh past Kwai and it's like all right who's this and Pastor Rose and it's like who's this compliment piece is it Pascal C to Kyle Lauer like Pascal Siakam seems to be the guy but could it be Fred you know whatever they're looking for that role to fill Fred Van Fleet steps right into it and the guy is you know a top 10 top 15 fantasy player this year uh and so not saying Jalen Brunson is going to put those kinds of numbers up, but teams like the Mavericks, especially one with expectations that maybe aren't quite living up to them. I think if a player is showing them something, they are going to be so much more likely to, oh, we have no one else really to challenge them. Let's yeah. bust this guy forward, give this guy a ton of minutes and see what he's got. Like the same isn't going to be true for like, and I, I mean, obviously it's my team, so I, I can talk the most about, but like if, you know, with Peyton Pritchard for the Celtics, where Peyton Pritchard shows you something, but the Celtics are never going to be like, all right, Kemba, you're coming off the bench because we're going to start Peyton Pritchard, you know? So I think in an instance where there isn't really a, a clear guy over a player who's shining on a team that's like, oh shit, we need to kind of reevaluate what our roster is and find that number two, number three guy who we can rely on. When you see that man, that man emerge, you know, that, that team is going to be far more willing to say, like, all right, Jalen Brunson, here you go. Here's, you know, 30 minutes a game. Let's ride. These are the waves you have to ride. Fantasy. Yeah. Oh, hello. 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 Sorry. Can you hear me? I can. Yes. Okay. I don't know what happened te- there. Sorry. Little technical difficulties there. Hey, you know what? That's what makes us feel. It's what connects us with the listeners, with the common person, the common man. We're just like you guys. We're just, just like you in every facet of the word. Anyway, Jalen Brunson is on a good run and the Mavs are playing better and he's getting opportunity and he's making the most of it. So, um, you know, jump on the all-star break is good to get dudes that are overlooked and you can get them before everybody else. And the second half is going to be stuffed with games. So, you know, safe playing time and safe shots are going to be vital. Yep. Uh, before we move on to players who were kind of thinking of selling, moving on from, do you have anyone left over that you would like to quickly touch on? Uh, I would like to just point out that Dennis Smith jr. On the Pistons, your motherfucking boy. 
Um, you know, he's <laughs> on a team where again, you have opportunity right now. It's him and Saban Lee. Who's a rookie, um, at the point for the Pistons until DeLon Wright comes back, but DeLon Wright might get flipped as well. So if DSJ is going to give you triple doubles and, you know, a little bit of everything whenever he plays with some low scoring, probably most of the time, but maybe not, um, use it like no one yeah. owns him. Get after no, him. To- He's he's a guy too who like kind of I mean was com- is completely forgotten about in fantasy basketball because he was completely forgotten about on the Knicks like he just didn't yeah. play and so now that he's back he's a good basketball player I mean obviously he's well, on a on an NBA roster you got to be pretty decent to do that uh, and so when he are getting minutes if he's giving you counting stats across the board yeah that's rosterable uh i i do have two more quick ones sorry just cheap guys who could have volume michael carter williams in orlando 13 percent rostered he's started the last 10 games for the magic because the magic are decimated by injuries he's averaging 11 plus points per game four plus boards five plus assists um if he gets minutes he'll give you stats and until cole anthony and the rest of the magic team get healthy i think they're going to keep playing mcw so yeah. it's not pretty, but go pick him up and go pick up Justice Winslow, maybe, or keep your eye on him. He's seven and a half percent rostered. Uh, he's been averaging nine plus points, five plus boards, an assist and a half, 10 shots a game. He's getting, you know, 22 minutes a game that might creep up. And when he's out there, he takes his shots and he tries to make the most of it. And, you know, let's remember Point Winslow in Miami. Like this guy mm. has showed us before that he can really pop. And uh, you can read more about Point Winslow because Natty wrote an article uh, a week, two weeks ago about him on faketeams.com. So go check that out because, yeah, he's definitely a guy worth worth taking eyes on, keeping eyes on because of the fact that he can do, a, like, depending on what his role is for the Grizzlies, he has the ability to put up a lot of numbers. Yeah, for sure. All right, well, before we move on to guys who we are thinking about selling in fantasy basketball, let's take a quick ad break. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, we're Back, Natty, who's a guy who you are looking to move on from or try to get out from under in fantasy hoops right now? Okay, I'm not looking. This is an ambivalent one. Um, awesome. Because Perfect way to I start. figured that people would be thinking both ways about him. And um, there will be an article about him coming out sometime this week as well. Our namesake, Carmelo Anthony. Wow, how dare you? He is a top 100 player this year. He's 49 and a half percent rostered. 
that's a good reason for you to pick him up, right? Hey, look, this guy's the top 100 player and he's under 50% owned. I should probably use him. But you could also say to yourself, well, the healthier the Blazers get, maybe the less usage Mello will get. And so this might be the apex of his value. Can I flip him to get somebody else? I agree with both. That's why I'm ambivalent. But I do sort of feel like whenever you can trade a top 100 player and you don't feel that bad about it, you should try to do that. Yeah, that's that's fair. I mean, it's I think it's uh, notable that you are looking to get rid of our namesake, whereas mm-hmm. I have famously kept him on my dynasty. But the article the suggests you years. should keep him or pick him up. So well, I'm right. I'm straddling the fence. Yeah, well, you know, you know what happens when you straddle the fence, Natty? You hurt your nuts, and that's not good. I I don't feel great about it, but I I had to be true to the audience, Pete. This is what Fantasy Nation's thinking about these days. (laughs) Uh, You're totally right, though. Uh, Carmelo Anthony is is that perfect example of a guy who is giving you top 100 production, and you're like, that's great, awesome, you love to see that, I can get him off waivers, perfect, but also a guy where there is a very clear path And I think that is the common theme with these guys. Obviously a lot of, you know, at least the two guys who I'm talking about in terms of salads, like they will still give you reliable fantasy production, but there is a a clear uh, reason for why their production might not stay at this level. And so it's all about, if you're going to make a trade, trading a player at their apex. And like you said, Carmelo Anthony is not someone who you're going to trade away and be like, no, the likelihood that Carmelo Anthony, you know, averages 30 minutes, 20 plus points and 10 boards per game for the trailblazers for the rest of the season is very small as much as we love carl carmelo anthony he's going to be a guy who is a great role player for them who has some spot starts here and there and who can give you big nights on occasion but for the most part will be you know an average player and uh and being able to sell that at a top 100 value that's what you that's you know that's just good business scoreboard he's 99th on the player raider you know like there's i mean not everyone there can say reasons- that yeah, for sure. Only only 98 players can say that. And when the Trailblazers beat the Philadelphia 76ers without Dame or CJ, who was out there on the court? Carmelo Anthony. Your goddamn boy, Carmelo Anthony. Carmelo, l- let, let the record show that Natty loves you less than I do. Anyways. Uh, but it tells truth, keeps it 100. <laughs> uh, my first sell for uh, right now is Jamal Murray. Uh, for the Nuggets, his last come nine on. games, he is he's just looked last so, nine games. Come on. He's, he's looked like bubble Jamal Murray, 30 points, 19 <laughs> shot attempts, shooting 57 percent, 50 percent, 92 percent. OK, out of this world, looking great. Call me a hater. Call me a non-believer. I just don't think that bubble Murray last nine games. Murray is Jamal Murray. I think that that is he gets he's a super hot you know shooter and player and when he gets hot he can go out of this world but on the season he's averaging 21 points per game on 16 shot attempts shooting 48 49 84 percent all of those numbers are wildly different uh three point percentage maybe not so much but far cry from what he's put up in the last nine games i think that uh 
I would say that you find someone in your league who clearly a natty type person who thinks that Jamal Murray walks on water and is perfect, despite the fact that he's a career 45% shooter and 36% shooter from three, uh, and you sell high <laughs> on Murray. Yes, the extremely talented, super young player who will get better. I will, I will risk my reputation on that guy for sure. I'll take him. If you want to give him to me, I'll take him for sure. He's incredible. Yeah. Well, I will sell him to you gladly for. Wait, wait, wait. what's like? What's your price? Who Who are you selling him for? Well, he's been like a top five player for the last, you know, fifteen days. I want a top five player in return. Okay. Cur- currently, I have my 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 Bluetooth mouse is dead, so I currently don't have a mouse. So I I'm like just staring at my notes, so I can't access the internet. <laughs> so so if I if I could access the internet, I would uh, I would be able to tell you more of where I'm looking in terms of a range. But but yeah, I just he's a guy who I just don't think I I don't necessarily ha- I guess I'm not a big Jamal Murray. F- Faither, if that's that's a word. Um, and you don't so, believe in him. It's okay I don't to be- say it's I don't fine. You're it. on I don't, Team Don I don't believe- That's cool. Yes, exactly. <clears throat> so, like, yes, in the last 15 games on ESPN Player Rating, he's been the number three player. So, you know, I would trade like Damian Lillard. I would totally take over Jamal Murray. Uh, even agree. Even, even Lamelo Ball, <laughs> like Lamelo Ball the guy's offense is, you know, who you can say that the offense maybe will regress a little bit, but LaMelo ball gives you defensive stats. He's a big guy who can, you know, gives you assists and rebounds. So like Jamal Murray, I just, I, he's an offensive minded guard who, if that offense cools, he loses a lot of his value. I mean, on the year. So he's, he's top three, last 15. Let's bring up on the year if my phone lets me see, this is the beauty of modern technology is that I have multiple ways to, uh, to access things, but if they're slow, let's see, Jamal Murray on the season. Oh my gosh. He's 24. Look at that. 24. What a drop. I'd take Fred Van Fleet over him. (laughs) You laugh. I could see like trading him. If you need two pieces or something like that. Sure. Whatever. I'm not even going to entertain this shame on you. That's ridiculous. You were just looking for like the highest level dude that you could have an actual argument to get rid of. This is all about sex appeal. (laughs) We have to sell this podcast. People will click when they're like, sell Jamal Murray. What? Blow it up. That's (laughs) how you get it. It's all about click. Joker will never be higher in value than this right now. Just blow it up. (laughs) Watch. I'm going to, all right, I'm going to write this down. I'm writing this down. Jamal Murray is going to, is going to be an, a, he's going to finish the year outside of the top 25 on ESPN player Raider. Oh, and then okay. I will, I will win. I will win and I will laugh. Gosh, I hope, I hope you don't win. Cause I really like him a lot. Um, I mean, that's, that's a bit, top 26 players. Still really good. Natty for really sure. Good. And there's a ton of good players this year. Uh, all right. Uh, who's a guy who you're selling? Make me as, anno- as angry as you are. Well, I had Jason a- Tatum. How could you? Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> sell, sell Jalen Brown. Like just get rid of him. <laughs> Um, I don't know what to do with Blake. Mm. I don't know if you sell mm. him, if you buy him. I don't know if he was faking it in Detroit. I don't know yes. if that's yes. shitty to think about. <laughs> um, I, I don't think that he's been faking it or anything like that. I, I just, 
don't feel like that's that like that strategy suggests that if he had been playing super well they still wouldn't have flipped him and i'm not sure if that's true i think maybe you are more likely to trade him at that point but i don't know regardless i don't think blake griffin is a liar so i think that his level of play won't change too much from what we've seen he'll be reinvigorated in brooklyn and obviously he'll be surrounded by stars I don't know how valuable as a fantasy player he will be. If he pops and he's great, then he's a distributing big who can help you in multiple categories and you should jump all over him. Yeah. But if he has a diminished role as sort of like a backup five and they don't play him, you know, more than like 22 minutes a game, then I'm not sure how much his fantasy value will be. So I, I'm not ambivalent about this one. I'm uh, totally in the woods. I have no idea. I like I like your thought behind it a lot. He is a guy who I am excited to see what he does in Brooklyn because I do think that the change of scenery could could mean a lot. He could be could be you know messing. He could be pulling a James Harden uh, prosthetic belly and just as soon as he goes to Brooklyn, suddenly looks well. James Harden still looks pretty beefy, but like uh, he hasn't dunked in so long. Like I don't think that like no. I think I think you're right. Dunks. No, I think you're. I think you're right. That being said, man, if he like suddenly just like comes into Brooklyn and starts throwing down three sixty windmills, (laughs) be the greatest con job since Usual Suspects. But um. Yeah, I think that he's going to be a role guy for the net for the Nets who's going to, you know, start off by seeing probably a, a healthy amount of minutes, especially if they're kind of cautious with Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant's been out for a while now, but still, you know, you don't want a guy coming off of Achilles surgery to re-injure himself, especially if you have championship aspirations. So that could be a couple more minutes for for Blake. Uh I think you are a hundred percent right. I would think that selling him is the best option because I think even at, even if Blake finds the fountain of youth, whatever, like whatever his role could be in Brooklyn, he's never going to be like your, I would say your best hope for him is, is Draymond green where it's, you're not getting points, but you're getting assists boards and stocks, right? But Blake's also a better three-point shooter than Dre is. I mean, that's true we, too. We've but- seen that his outside shot has developed, so he might actually get a bunch of like, you know, catch and shoot threes, depending on how they use him. The, but the, I just think I, I have a hard time feeling like he's going to, like, there's there's Kyrie, there's Harden, there's Durant, sure, and then yeah. and then Joe Harris is like that catch and shoot three. I don't see the Nets passing Joe Harris for catch and shoot threes for Blake Griffin catch and shoot threes. So. And that and makes do you Blake, even like, really want to play option? Blake that much. Right. Know? So I think, I think you're totally right. I I've talked myself into now you Blake Griffin should confidently be a sell. Like this is okay. You could, you can get the most for him right now before he plays a minute for the nets uh, because of the fact that there's now excitement. Now you're like, Ooh, what could he be in Brooklyn? Did he completely dupe the the Pistons? And has he is he now going to start throwing? To, you know, you can talk someone into getting hyped about what Blake could be in Brooklyn. When in reality, like what he's going to be a twenty minutes per game guy, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, the thing about playing a small ball five is that you're expecting them to run a lot. So I, 
I sort of feel like they're going to take it easy with him to start off. And if things go well, then, you know, they'll give him more minutes and more touches. But um, the Nets don't need his kind of help as much as they need help on D. So this is, you know, making your it's gravy for your offense. Like it's nice having a big body like Blake, obviously, but um, their offense was already historically good. Like what they really need is a nice stout rim defender. That's not Blake. Um, Shoot. There's, Oh, um, like Jared Allen. I think Jared Allen would been, would be great for them if they could trade for him some way. Absolutely. And (laughs) you know, I'm surrounded by Nets fans and, I, I will say this, like he's a sentimental favorite, obviously, but oh, it's like course. you you can't let Jared Allen be the guy that gets in no. between you and James no. Harden. No, you're never you going just can't. to. But it, it is funny to think that uh, that he is kind of the perfect piece for them. Uh, speaking of defensive-minded big men, my, my final sell is a guy who I love and we've talked about on this show a couple of times who still will give you – find fantasy value but nerlens noel has been a top mm. 15 player in espn player raider for the last 15 days because of the fact he blocks shots he gets rebounds and he's getting 30 minutes a game with uh, mitchell robinson out however mitchell robinson they're going to reevaluate his hand injury after the all-star break that's what you should be monitoring if mitchell robinson or when mitchell robinson comes back nerlens noel is going to see a huge decrease in minutes and a huge decrease in a role. And he's going to fall from a top 15 fantasy name down to, you know, like, so he's averaging 8.3 points and 8.9 boards and 3.7 stocks uh, while starting when he's not starting 3.5 points, 5.2 boards, 2.9 stocks. So that stock production, like it is pretty remarkable. His, his stock production on like, like, you know, 17 minutes a game. That's that shit's elite. And that is why he will always be rosterable in fantasy and he'll give you fantasy value. But the points and boards not hovering anywhere near a double double is what is going to drop him from, you know, top 20 to maybe fringe hundred. And right now is the time to be selling him when when the status of Mitchell Robinson is still kind of murky, still kind of unconfirmed. Uh, now is the time to go try to find a trade partner for Noel, because as soon as there is this like t- as soon as we know when Robinson is coming back, that's going to immediately shut down uh, Noel's value. Or if the Knicks make a trade or if the Knicks make a trade, just upgrade. Um, yeah, it's. It would be nice if you could combine Nerlens with Ennis Cantor and just have oh like an all around solid big dude. Can you imagine how good that player would be? <laughs> but yeah, Nerlens the type of guy who you can always stream for stocks. And while he's getting minutes, you might as well have him on your team. Definitely. Uh, is there any final player you want to talk about selling? Uh, any kind of other super spicy, saucy, big name guy? I mean, what's your feelings on LeBron James? Is he still worth uh, rostering yeah, in fantasy? For sure. Cool. Cool. Good. Uh, although the Lakers are three and six since the brow went out. So that hurts. So is LeBron even the best player bit? on his own team? No, he's not. Uh, I just want to remind people about two bigs that they should keep their eye on. Uh, the first is Steven Adams, New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Um, now that they're playing Zion more like as a big distributor and uh, sort of the guy that initiates offense, you know, what is Steven Adams' role going to be on this team? Um, he's a guy that could get flipped, I think. Yep. Um, and either way, I just don't really feel like 
his role will increase while he's on the Pelicans. So I would be looking to maybe flip him or, it, you know, wait and see if he gets flipped, but just keep your eye on him. And then the other dude is uh, Drum, Andre Drummond. Like, where yeah. is he going to be in two to three weeks? Who knows? He might still be where he is, but odds are he gets traded or bought out. Um, there's a role for him in the NBA. It's just with his salary right now, it's hard to determine where that could be. But if he gets to fly free like a bird, like Blake Griffin, then he could land anywhere. So keep your eye on him. Yeah, he's a guy. If I have Andre Drummond stock and I'm and I've still held on to him, I think I'm waiting for hopefully the exact same thing to happen with Blake, where it's like trying to flip him now doesn't make a whole lot of value, uh, you know, sense. Uh, because of the fact that like he just hasn't played and there is still this ambiguity about what his future is. But if he gets released or if he gets traded like that window before he uh, actually sets foot on the court is when I'm, I'm trying to flip him because you know, you get players who are, or, or, you know, fancy players who are like, Oh yes. Drummond's now back in, in, you know, on the court going to do this. He's going to put up this elite production. Perfect. And you can, you can sell high on that, on that notion. For sure. Automatic double doubles. Like, so we'll see, just keep your eye on them. Cause who knows what'll happen. Awesome. Uh, before we go, Natty, any final thoughts for second half of the NBA season? I will say this. Um, if you're looking at your rosters for the coming week, the Blazers get to play Minnesota twice. Ooh. So it might behoove you to pick up some trailblazers because they should be able to walk all over the Timberwolves so-called defense. And maybe you should take a page out of Pete's book and hold on to Carmelo Anthony rather than take a book out of Natty's. And there you go. Nothing. Absolutely. Don't sell Melo <laughs> this week. Good point. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I try. Uh, awesome. Well, make sure you subscribe to the fake teams podcast, wherever you get your podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher. That's how you'll not only get us, but also our fantasy baseball and fantasy football shows. Follow us on Twitter at the long two podcast. We will be back at you next week. Natty until then stay safe. My friend, you do the same. Enjoy the break, everybody. <laughs>